Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. But uh, what I saw was, uh, you ever go to the arcade and they have this game, I think it's, I don't know if it's called Gopher or what, but this thing sticks its head out and you got a hammer and bam, 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 you're just trying, what, what? Whack-a-mole. I thought it was whack-a-mole. But anyway, whack-a-mole. And I just see that in the new year, uh, a lot of you are like turtles. You're afraid to stick your neck out because you've been whacked so many times that you just don't want to take any more whacking. How many of you are tired of whacking, getting whacked? Some of you want to whack. You want to hold the hammer. Thank you. You want to hold the hammer, but the Lord says in the new year, he wants to stretch you and take you beyond what you have, uh, what you have experienced because it's his plan to cause you to prosper. But if you, you know, everything in the kingdom of God is by faith. So, and faith requires action. So if you don't take action, if you just stick your head back, well, I'm afraid of getting hurt. Well, you're probably going to get whacked again. But it's when you find, did you ever see the Hulk? You know, Jesus used, uh, Jesus used illustrations. And I'm going to use the Hulk. You know, what happened to the Hulk? He got, when he got whacked so many times or things happened to him, then this rage came out and he became a giant. Well, we need to get tired of the devil. We need to get tired of what he's doing. We need to get tired of how he's, uh, how he's attacked our family. We need to get tired about how he's affect our, affected our emotions. We need to get tired of how he has affected the things and tried to steal, kill, and to destroy the vision that God has for us. And I'm speaking from experience because in the past, I have been my own worst enemy. I've been my, you know, I think I've attacked myself more than the devil. Because I would get a prophetic word like some of you just got today. And you think, well, that don't even apply to me. Well, that's why it's prophetic. (laughs) Because it ain't happening now, but God wants to speak into your life and bring an adjustment. Sometimes it is the word that brings the adjustment on the inside of you. I remember uh, we had received a prophetic word a number of years ago. And, uh, you know, this word, part of this word was directed towards me. And it was like, you know, a lot of words I received, I just thought, well, I don't even apply to me. That don't even apply to me. 
But Melody said six months later, do you know that you're doing everything Bishop said he prophesied over you? How many of you know the word carries power? It is, the, it is the written word and it is the spoken word. Hallelujah. But sometimes you're your own worst enemy because you are not speaking what God says about you. You're not speaking what the prophetic word says about you. You're not speaking what the written word says about you. You are speaking what you feel. I never felt adequate. I never felt like I could accomplish. I remember I was telling, telling someone the other day, I had received a prophetic word. I was sitting back over there somewhere, and there was a minister up here, and he points at me, and he says, I see you on television. And I just, <laughs> I just kind of rolled my eyes, you know. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Come on. Don't you ever want, don't you ever act human sometimes? Or you just walk around with a halo. You got the glow. Well, he says, I see you on television. And I'm just like, and this was years ago. You know, I couldn't see myself hardly doing anything. But I just kind of rolled my, and he saw me. <laughs> but anyway, I forget what he said. But anyway. Do you know that I've been on television? It wasn't my doing. I didn't ask to be. I was invited to be. One of them was called, one program I was on was called The Happiest People. (laughs) And I thought about what, what a trip. They ought to find somebody that's happy before they... (laughs) But I was on the happiest people. I was on, I was uh, in Latin America, and I was, pro- and, I, and we were on television, and probably were hitting five or six nations. How about God? Probably saying, "How about rolling your eyes now?" <laughs> God will do beyond what you. God says He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And I want to give you, uh, oh yeah, whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. But the prophetic word is get your head out. Receive the word of the Lord. God has got more for you than just sitting in your shell. The enemy in the past year has tried to keep us isolated, try to keep our head in, try to isolate us to the place where we're even afraid to get around people. Say, well, what if I get sick? Well, I got sick. I ended up in the hospital for seven days. Almost saw Jesus. But he said, you can't come now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm afraid of dying. Well, you bet. Some of you are afraid of living. Some of you are more afraid of living than you are afraid of dying. Where did that come from? Joel's going to get after me this week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, he's just uh, trying to help me keep on track. So, anyway, I want to share with you this morning that God's not boring. 
The Bible says he makes all things new. You know, there's a scripture that says, I am the Lord God, I change not. And some of you think, how boring. You know, my dad, I was thinking about this during worship. My dad would not want, he, we had a menu. You know, I remember sometimes it was bean and cornbread. You know, with a little ham, that don't taste too bad. Beans and cornbread. Sometimes it was spaghetti. That was the only thing I loved what my mom cooked. I ate so much one time I got sick. I don't know what I was afraid of. Maybe I thought I wasn't going to get any more. Not that we, not that we ever lacked, but. But my dad was, had this thing. He had a menu and he didn't want her to do anything beyond that menu. So you could have said, he's Glenn Hilton. He changes not. His menu didn't change. And so you think of God, I, I'm the Lord God, I change not. But you, but you're ha- you ought to be happy that he doesn't change. Why? Because he is the creator. He changes not. So if you think, uh, you know, after, the, after those six days when he rested, now he's not a creator anymore. No, he is a creator today. He is not boring. He can change your life in a second, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. How about you two? You better watch me because I'm after you today. This is your day? No. You were put together by the Lord. You didn't even like each other. Isn't that right? Oh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too... You didn't like each other, but God had other plans. And he has created a, uh, he has created a love, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was, the, that was the right way of saying that. <laughs> he learns quick. Man of wisdom, that's right. I was thinking, I was wondering if you were relating to that word, man of wisdom. Because I had, but it, because I had words that I thought you are out of your gourd. But God turns things around. That's what the word is for. It is to turn you and create in you what God wants to do in your life. He is a creator, and He hasn't changed. And if it's not in you now, He will create it to bring to pass what He wants to accomplish in your life. You might get or you might be you don't have you might be to the place where you don't have two dimes to rub together. And God says, I'm gonna make you rich. And you there goes those eyes rolling back in your head. All we see is the whites of your eyes. But God can change in a moment what he speaks into your life. God is not boring. God, uh, God makes all things new. And I want to talk about our relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He never planned for us to have a dull, boring, or predictable relationship. Your relationship with God is not to be predictable. 
We say, well, pastor, it's the same thing. I, you know, I wake up on Sunday morning, I go to church, and then I do my thing during the week. No, your thing with God is once a day, every day, all day long. That's a country song, you know. But anyway, once a day, every day, all day long, you are never out of the presence of God. He is so near you, he's on the inside of you. Well, I'm going to think this thought. He's in there. So we need to so we need to realize that our life with him is not boring. Our relationship with the Father is to be new and vibrant. What is vibrant? Vibrant is full of energy. If your relationship, if your life isn't full of energy, it's not his fault. Hallelujah. We used to have a thing, and uh, Loretta will know what I'm talking about, not because. But do you ever see on the movie, uh, back in the old old days in the movies, they would pick up a phone, they'd be there, a phone would be hanging on the wall. You pick up the talking thing, and then you crank it. You know what that does? Baby, it puts out an electric current. And my dad had one of those, not the, not the phone. He just had the and he would put he put these long uh, wires on it, and these two lead uh, or some, some kind of metal things on the end of the wire. And what he wanted to do was when it rained, he wanted to go out. At, he had these rods out in the yard and he would uh, hook this to the, to the rods and he would, and somebody told him the night crawlers would just stand up. Is that true? Is that true? <laughs> but anyway, that's what, I never saw one do it. But I got a bright idea. My my dad my dad's basement was just full of stuff. I would call it junk. He wouldn't have called it junk. <laughs> but I this wire was pretty long, and so uh, I would bring it out and I say, "Hey, would you hold these for me?" And then I would go back. <laughs> ah, man, that's vibrant. <laughs> vibrant would be out of the ordinary. Vibrant would be to change. It would be, it would be, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but when God touches people sometimes, they get electric shock. I've never had electric shock and I'm glad. But I've had the Holy Spirit come over me so strong that I wasn't myself. At one, I remember the time I was saved in 1967. Figure that out. In 1967, I got saved, and it, man, I felt the best I've ever felt in my life. Felt like the weight of the world, the sin nature was broken off of me, and God decides to move in. Man, that's good. When God moves in, it's a good thing. There was another time. Uh, this was, uh, I think, in 1981. I was sitting 
on a love seat in Kansas City by myself in our house. Melody was in another room. And I had my hand like this, and I was praying in tongues. Watch out when you pray in tongues. And all of a sudden, this is like this, this oil, this, this stuff just comes over me. And all of a sudden, I'm laughing. Everything's funny to me. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. That's where he changes your life. He doesn't want you. The Bible says that, that we are to joy and rejoice. We're to joy and to rejoice. That's what I'm talking about. Your relation. Now, I'm not saying you have to get shocked every day. Because I don't think I'd like that. Melody, got, I think, were you shocked? That four days that you were under the power. Three days. Was that electricity? She had the Holy Ghost on her so much, the Holy Spirit. She had the whole, King James says Holy Ghost. But she had the Holy Spirit on her for three days. I had to undress her and dress her because she couldn't do anything. But the presence of God was just surging through her body. Now, don't go sticking your head back in the hole. Don't be afraid of God. God's not going to hurt you. We hurt ourselves when we hurt ourselves when we retract, when we go back, when we don't allow God to move in our lives. And I'm really that's just I'm that's not what I'm talking about. Our relationship with the Father is to be new, it's to be vibrant, it is to be enthusiastic. Enthusiastic means having or showing intense and eager enjoyment. Do you have an eager enjoyment? Hallelujah. You know, if we all came with enthusiasm to church, wow. Eager enjoyment, interest, or approval. Interest. Are you interested in what God has for you? Are you interested in the more? Are you interested in what is beyond your understanding? God says, I've got something new. I make all things new. I'm not boring. God is never stagnant. Stagnant means to be sluggish and inactive. Jesus refers to our life in God as a spring or a river. Have you ever been around a pond, a small pond? You know what a pond is? You know, if that pond doesn't have a fresh source of water, you get what's called pond scum. You get this algae growing. It gets so bad you don't even want to go in it. But God, he has given, he has put on the inside of us a spring and a river and a the Bible in the, in the last chapters of the, in the last book of the Bible calls it a river of life. 
We used to sing a song called, I got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Are we going to speak what God has put on the inside of us? If we don't, if we don't allow that to come out, we can hinder, we can trap what God has on the inside of us because we recoil our head back into our turtle shell and not allow our, and not allow God to come out. Hallelujah. Well, he says this in John chapter four, verse 13. You didn't know I was going to use the scripture today, but I'm going to. He says in John 14, 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Is it possible for everlasting life to be boring? If we, if we give people the impression that Christ is boring, church is boring, life is boring, how are we ever going to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Thank you, Lord. How are we ever going to bring them? Because we have to demonstrate the life of God. We have to demonstrate it. Well, in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, you will show me the path of life. Now, this is a uh, messianic portion of scripture, but it applies to us. You will show me the path of life. In your presence, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where are you seated? You're in heavenly places. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So our lives should be... Filled with pleasure forevermore. We got to look, we got to wake up. You know, on Carable Net, there was a, uh, there was a thing where this woman, I think it was Vicki Lawrence, said, wake up and smell the coffee. We need to wake up and realize that we've got something greater on the greater on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's not just something we say. That is a reality. We are not. We do not serve a stagnant God. I gotta. We ought to sing. Well, we we won't. But think about it. You got a river of life flowing out of you. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. You've got a river of life flowing out of you. Thank you, Lord. Also, in John 7, 37, on the last day of the great feast, uh, of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. You thirsty? You want this pleasure forevermore? You said, well, I'm already saved. Yeah, I'm already saved. I've already had a drink, but I've gone back for more drinks. Thank you, Lord. 
I am not satisfied with yesterday's blessing. I'm not satisfied with yesterday's joy. I'm not satisfied with yesterday's hallelujah. I want, I want a hallelujah today that exceeds yesterday. Because I've got a God that's alive. Hallelujah. Forevermore. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his belly or his heart will flow rivers of living water. That doesn't sound stagnant to me. That means if you believe in him, there is a source of life that's supposed to come flowing out of you. Have you ever seen in the movies where they're drilling for oil? They're drilling for oil and all of a sudden, boom, this gusher comes out. This oil's flying everywhere. Well, you know what? They can put a valve on that and stop it. They can put a valve on that and stop it. And I think sometimes we've got that river of life that wants, this just wants to bust out, but we close the valve. Close the valve. I was in the Navy and I was, uh, I was a boiler operator and we, uh, the job I had was providing the power to the rest of the ship. And we had this big valve, it was, valve. It was called the main valve. You know what a valve is? But anyway, the wheel on that valve was about that big around. And they told you to shut that valve and man, it seemed like it took 20 minutes. Because it was hard. It was hard to close. But sometimes we've got this river on the inside of us and we're afraid of the river. We're afraid of what God wants to do. God says, I want to do a new thing in your life. I want to do a new thing. I want to bring life. I want to bring life more abundantly. I want to bring power. I want to bring anointing. I, do you know that God's word is actually true? Even though at times it doesn't appear to be. You know, he says to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Do you know that's actually true? But shoot, I've laid hands on people and they died. But then I've, ra- but then I've seen people literally come back from the dead. That's not me. That's God. But you know what? We are so afraid that it won't happen. We're afraid of looking bad. I'm afraid of looking bad. That's where, we, that's where the old turtle head goes back in the shell. How many of you know a turtle doesn't have a very uh, pretty face anyway? <laughs> Nobody thinks you look pretty anyway, so you might as well stick it out and go somewhere. Well, I'm included. I'm not telling people they're ugly. I'm just saying. If you want to get somewhere, no matter how you look, you got to stick your neck out and go. I don't know. I might hear about this one today. But notice in verse 39, he says, But this spoke he concerning the Spirit. I think sometimes we put the Holy Spirit on the shelf so much 
that we do not experience the new. Behold, I do a new thing. And we put, the, we put the new, the one who provides the new for us, we put a lid on him. Thank you, Lord. In Ma- uh, so, you, so if you say, well, pastor, I'm bored. What do I do about it? Well, the first thing is to pursue a daily connection. Pursue a daily connection. Let me put it this way. Pursue the river. Don't go to the pond. Don't go to the scum pond. Go to the river. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 4.4 says, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Everything that comes out of the mouth of God is not just coming out of here, but it will line up with this. And God will speak to your spirit and he will speak. He will, if you're connected, if you stay connected with him, he will speak words that will bring life to you. If you're bored, he will speak a word to you that will pull you out of boredom. The only people that are bored aren't doing anything. Thank you, Lord. But you know that before, and we always quote, seek ye first the kingdom of God. But you know what comes before that? And Tommy, you'll you'll recognize this because you were talking about fear before the before the sermon, before the, before the service started. Fear and worry keeps you from the blessings of the kingdom. Keeps you from the blessing. He says in Matthew 6.31, which is before Matthew 6.33. Isn't that right? 31 is before 33. Jesus said this, Therefore do not worry, saying... How do I know if somebody's got worry? They talk about it. And it's not what you say at church. It's what you say behind closed doors. (laughs) Behind closed doors. Anyway. It is what you say in your private life. It is what you allow your mind to consider. I can't do that because I'm afraid I will fail. I can't do that because I don't want to look bad. I can't do that because this is what's going to make me look foolish. Don't worry about that because the world thinks you're foolish anyway. But I would rather, be, I would rather have the approval of God than have the approval of man. Because in the end, I'm not going to stand before man. I'm going to stand before God. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He knows what you need. 
Your mouth will either keep you in bondage or set you free by what you say. By what you say. Thank you, Lord. And let me close with this because I'm not going to get done. But praise the Lord. He said, um, we, sang a, we sang a couple of songs that actually just went right with what I was going to say. But I'm just going to, I'm going to, this is Psalm 40. Yeah, well, I'll just do the whole, uh, not the whole thing, but I'll start in verse 1. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now, waited doesn't mean I'm sitting down on my tush looking at my watch waiting for him to show up. Waiting on the Lord is ministering to the Lord. It is in prayer. It is in worship. It is in thanksgiving. That's waiting on the Lord. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. In other words, there is a vocal, there is something vocal going on coming out of me. And as I'm making that vocal cry to the Lord, he responds to me. He says, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit. How many of you have had a horrible pit in 2021? Nope. That's good. Some of us have. Some of us has lost people. Some of us have gone through it ourselves. But the reality is, if I stay connected, he brings me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he sets my feet upon a rock. What's the rock? The rock is Jesus. He says, and establishes my step. He has put a new song in my mouth. When I'm in that horrible pit and I'm crying out to him, he responds by putting a new song in my mouth. Now, what's that new song going to do? That's going to lift you up. Uh, there, was a song, uh, there was a singer by, by the name of Ron Canola. He had a song called Lift Him Up, His Name Be Lifted Higher. Well, when you lift him up with a new song, he pulls you out of that horrible pit. Do you know that you walk by faith, and so as you start to minister to the Lord, he gives you a new song, and that song lifts you out of the pit. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear. You know, even the unbeliever, when they see you worshiping the Lord, they've seen what you've gone through the past year, but you're still praising and worshiping God, and they see what God begins to do to bless you, then they begin to fear the Lord. Oh my God, there is a real God. There is a real God. And the Bible says, and will trust in the Lord. So when they see God give you a new song, you're singing that new song, God begins to bless you, they begin to fear God, they begin to say, my God, there is a God, because look what they did for Reuben. Look what they did for Darlene. Look what they did for all of these other people. There must be a true God, so therefore, I fear him, and now I'm going to trust him. 
You know what? You know what one of my biggest sayings was? If he can do it, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. I'll never forget when I was first called to the ministry, I thought, I am so sinful, God couldn't use me. But then I heard a preacher tell his stories, and I thought, God, if you can use him, you can use me. <laughs> he used to talk, I, I'll never forget this story. He said, uh, he was getting, he was walking by his child and he was getting ready to, you know, kind of fix his hair. When he raised his hand, that child ducked. Why did that child duck? Because that child was afraid. That child's name was Cookie, by the way. Cookie ducked because she was afraid she was going to get whack-a-mo, whack-a-mole. She was afraid she was going to get whacked. Well, my, I don't think my kids ever ducked because maybe, I don't know. But bless God, I saw if God can use them, God can use me. I was going to say, what, what's our excuse? God redeems the sinner. God doesn't redeem the saints. They're already redeemed. God redeems the sinner. So no matter how, how low in the pit you've, you've, uh, you went, God is able to lift you up in the name of Jesus. Well, I was supposed to get to the place today where we talked about a new covenant because I'm talking about God, God will make all things new. But we're done. If, you're, if you uh, want to receive communion, there is two flaps here. There's a top flap. If you remove that top flap, you will get to a wafer that doesn't taste anything like bread. (laughs) But because of the current circumstances, let's all take it together. And if you don't have have the elements and you would like, uh, raise your hand. Hallelujah. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is my body, which is broken for you. When was it broken? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I just want to give you one more. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. So, Father, we lift up the bread before you, and we thank you, Lord God, that we remember what Jesus did for us, and we give you thanks and praise, Lord God, because your your pain brought our relief. Your torment brought our joy. The chastisement of your peace was of our peace was upon you. So, Lord God, we received peace because of the torment that you had. But thankfully, Lord, you rose again from the dead. Lord God, that we might share life together in Jesus' name. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Lord. You really have to walk by faith with that.
just shall live by faith. Okay, uh, you can open the, uh, the second, kind of bend the tab and pull it back. Bend the tab and pull it back. The Bible says Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Remember, Jesus, the Bible says he makes all things new. I'm going to get to it the next week. But you know what? The, even people in heaven are going to get an upgrade. Because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we thank you that we are not only cleansed, forgiven by the blood, but we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We receive the blood of Jesus with joy, and Lord, we rejoice that Christ is the victor, and because he is the victor, we are more than conquerors through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the cup. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.